Grace-based parents focus on trusting themselves and their families to God. They focus on that. Yeah. And they press into knowing God more and understanding his love deeper and his grace and how God views them as parents, as humans. So their kids are the daily recipients of the grace-based relationship that they're experiencing with God themselves. It's beautiful. See the difference? Yeah. So if I want to be like God to my kids and, and image him well, sure. then I need to dig deep into my relationship with him so that grace is flooding me and all my jacked up stuff. Yep. So now my kids are just, ex they're the recipients of that experience daily overflowing. It's beautiful. Very different, right? Yeah. So the voice to their kids kind of mixes these things up. They're saying to their kids, you're a gift from God and his image bearer and he loves and he accepts you for you. And they mix it with, now you may struggle with always doing the right thing, but you're forgiven and loved just the same. So you can live a life of gratitude and grace with others too, honey. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. All right, I can't believe it. It's finally feeling like spring, mostly. I was in New York this week. What a beautiful little short trip. I kind of went in and out. Didn't get to see everybody I knew, but there was one day that I had, and I wasn't working, and it was about 72 degrees Fahrenheit and beautiful and sunny, and I got to see Central Park again, right where we used to live, and everything was in bloom, and walk around the city, and I had not been back to New York in maybe three years, and maybe you know if you listen to the show regularly, Tina and I used to live there for a couple years, training and coaching people in missional living, and uh, we fell in love with the city and we try to get back as often as we can but with the COVID and all that hadn't been back in a while but I had a beautiful time but they were saying the same thing they were like it's just been kind of winter here winter 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 and today it's summer <laughs> they said we never really had spring well we're finally getting some spring here and I'm excited about it but I'm happy if it wants to leap straight to summer that would be awesome <laughs> I don't know how you're feeling about it, where you're at. I know there's also some places. We were in Phoenix not too long ago, and it's already hotter than crazy. So, ha, ah, alas. Anyway, I hope that you are having a good week. Thanks for being here with me today. Pretty excited about what we're going to talk about. Before I do, can I just remind you to join us over on the Facebook group? Go to Facebook, search up everydaydisciple.com, or you can just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook, and we will... We'll see you there, right? That'll take you right to the group. And we get to talk about the show there, update you, make sure you have all the links when there's training, free resources, all that stuff's there. Plus, you can give us ideas for new episodes, ask questions, help other people answer questions, you know, kind of like we love each other, like a community. So I hope you'll join us over there in the Facebook group. And I also hope you'll take a moment right now to share the podcast with someone. Text it out. Text out a link. Just share it at everydaydisciple.com forward slash podcast. You can do that. All kinds of ways to find it. Anywhere you listen to a podcast, we can find it. But if you're hearing an episode and it, boy, it hits you hard, you, oh, this is helpful, hey, share it to someone you love, someone in your church, maybe someone in your small group, missional community, maybe your spouse even. Just help us get the word out and keep getting more and more people equipped in gospel fluency and making disciples in everyday life. 
I would really appreciate it. If you just do that, pay it forward a little bit for us. Now, getting to today's topic, it seems that everywhere I go, and I mean it, like everywhere I go, just like when I was just in New York, this topic came up several times with several people, and I was only there for 48 hours. Everywhere I go, people are asking me questions about parenting and about our kids and how we did this and how we did that. And I've shared before, Tina and I are very blessed. Our kids are all grown now and they turned out great. By God's grace, they are wonderful people. They love God. They love people. They're like our best friends, their best friends. And people know that about Team K and they ask a lot of questions about that. And I think maybe because we're a little older and people want to know how did that happen? And I want to let you listen to a conversation that I had with Heath Hollinsby, who, as you know, is the announcer of this show, and he used to co-host with me. He himself has four kids, and he's a great father, and they have a great family too, but he and I had a conversation about how do we parent with grace versus control or transactionally or using fear of, you don't do this, this is going to happen. We had a really great conversation, kind of between two dads, and I just want you to listen to that now. So here it is. I know it's going to really encourage you. Today, we're going to look at some radically different parenting styles that kind of reveal that while you might be a well-intentioned parent, your parenting style might actually not be producing the types of outcome in your children's lives and even their hearts that you ultimately desire. And uh, as a father of yeah. four kids under the age of eight, I'm going to be taking a bunch of notes during this, this topic. This is going to be exciting. I can't wait to dive into this. Yeah, it's a, it's a great topic, Heath. And I just want to say up front, though, one I'm certainly not an expert in, sure. but I will say that I have a lot of experience in it, Yep. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> meaning I have not done it all perfectly, and here's the, here's the A way to do it or the only way, but I have a lot of experience. So first off, let me set the table with a big level thought, okay, okay. and an idea that we need to grab a hold of before we try to get into specific parenting stuff, okay? okay? And here it is. It's that our view of God and our relationship with him and how we think he views us directly feeds into how we see our role as a parent and how in turn we will deliver the parenting goods or the parenting bads. Yeah, sure. So unpack that a little bit more for me. Okay, great. Again, how we see God and how, you know, our theology about who he is sure. and, and how we think he views us in our life and our choices it's going to affect our parenting, okay? So if we have a flawed theology regarding who God is and how he sees us, his attitude towards us, our choices, how he sees our sin, then it creates a chain reaction of flawed decisions and actions in how we're going to parent our own kids. And when we miss the overarching dominant message of God's grace that permeates Scripture and in the entire story arc of the Bible and Jesus' life, it unfortunately leads to two different you know, potential parenting black holes. And here's what they are. You can either become the judgmental parent, parent okay. or you can become the legalistic parent. Hmm. So do you see how that's working? Yeah. Like if we see a God a certain way, right? So, so here we go. The judgmental parent spends most of their time making sure their family's better than the competition, <laughs> better than the neighbor kids or their sister's family and their sure. kids. And they, they live as sort of the monitor for everyone else and their behavior. And so their voice to their kids, you know, as parents, is this sort of weird mixture of, well, God's watching you and so am I, hmm. mixed with, well, you may be bad, but you're better than so-and-so. Yeah. 
See, and see how that flows right out. If we think that's how God is, he's just like watching us. Yeah. And he's, you know, but, you know, because he's God, he's a pretty good guy. So he's like, well, you're not as bad as this guy. Sure. See, so that's the judgmental parent. They sort of sit as the monitor of everyone's behavior. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or you can be the legalistic parent. And the, the legalistic parents, they spin around and around trying to make sure their family, their children do everything right. Hmm based on whatever they think that is, right? Sure. They sort of keep score of good deeds versus bad deeds, and they secretly believe their kids' behavior helps them sort of stack up brownie points with God. Yep. And so their voice to their kids is a mixture of, hey, you owe God, and so you can do better, so you better get busy. Yeah. And and it's kind of mixed with, well, you may be bad, but if you try harder, you can ultimately please God. So these flawed theologies and perspectives on God and his character lead to some pretty common, yet pretty far off the mark parenting styles. Yeah. And I, I don't think any parent intends to go there. Like, no. it's not like any parent sets out to be that way, but it is something that we fall into. And it's sometimes easier just to go like, you better stop this right now. Like if I jump into with my kid, it's, it's just a quick fix rather than actually getting to the heart of parenting. And that's, that's kind of where we're going to head. Yeah. But you know, for now I'm hoping that you know, you, me, you know, folks listening, listening to the show yeah. today, I hope they're getting that, see how they, how they think God looks at them as the ultimate parent. Yeah. Is, it's direct. I mean, just check it out. Your That's parenting your parent. mirrors yeah. it. Yeah. It absolutely. just does. All right. Well, let's jump in. I know there's been a book that you've, you've found really helpful. Let's unpack some of these different parenting styles and we, what each of them looks like for oh us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Dr. Tim Kimmel, he wrote that grace-based parenting book and it's Such several years book. old, but man, it's the bomb. It's yeah. just so good. And so a lot of my thinking on this has been formed by him in mm. that book and it still is. It's like one of those read it, reread it kind of yeah. things. And so, you know, our listeners know my kids are largely raised, you know, they're grown now, sure. um, but I'm still a parent and now I'm a grandparent. But like you know, you're raising younger kids and yeah. all the folks in our community are. And so I feel yeah. like I just need to keep growing at this. <laughs> well, in a sense, in our community, you're able to, to parent my kids and the other kids that are new. We yeah. just had Joseph and Lacey had a kid this week. and Yeah. Shout out to little Andy. Huh? Yeah, little Andy. Yeah. Can't. But hopefully like you, you stacking up and sharpening iron on this book also helps the way that you are. You're always a parent to those that you're surrounded with. Let's just kind of dig out a few of these sort of parenting styles that kind of flow out of flawed theology at times and, and you know we can i'm not trying to slap you or me or you know anybody listening but <laughs> sure. see if any of these sound like you okay. <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean and uh so there's the fear-based parenting style okay okay and and that's like we're you know and i i know i kind of grew up in churches like this where we're scared of hollywood we're scared of the internet public school system halloween's evil yeah. um gay community drugs alcohol rock and roll rap partying neighbors you know, yeah, all of that. Uh, yeah, everything. Unbelieving softball team can't join that. Got to join church. You know what I mean? It's just, I mean, liberals, what, no conservatives, what, you know, yeah, whatever your whatever brand is. is, right? We're scared of everything. And so our fears determine our strategy for parenting. Hmm. And you, it's, you can, you know, you we can just, totally see it. Yeah. We yeah. just got to, fear drives it all. So let's box it all up. So that's one style, fear based. This one is sort of the behavioral modification parenting. Yep. <laughs> you know, where it's a, it's it's sort of the offshoot of fear-based parenting that assumes the proper environment and the proper information. You know, you learn the right stuff yep. and spend enough time in, you know, in these types of places, proper education and the absence of negative influences are going to increase your kid's chance of doing great. And the focus is all on like behavioral modification. No, sure. it's just being better and doing better and sinning less. And that's the focus. Yeah. It's not on a heart level thing. It's... It's, yeah, and that's that's big within evangelicalism, hey? Sure, absolutely. It super is, okay? Then there's the image control parenting. 
<laughs> this is sort of the checklist method of parenting that is part of the seduction of being legalist. Hmm. You know, it's it's image you know image control, and it assumes that people will know that you're a really good Christian parent raising really good Christian kids. You know, by your church attendance, by how your kids sit there with their hands folded in their sure. lap, and and you know, I mean, we've all done it, right? I mean, that's that's the thing about these parenting styles. Sure. We might slip in and out of all. We of dabble them. in all <laughs> of them. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we've done it where it's like, you know, you're in the car and you're having the big blow up before you go into, you know, the church service. And then you're like, hey, we got to straighten this out because our image control needs to be in place before yep. we even start walking through the parking lot. Because, you know, we're running. People are looking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can remember growing up and I uh, went to a religious school as a kid. And one of my teachers, she's, she would always compare our bad actions to her, to her Johnny. Oh, or his perfect name was. Johnny, yeah. Yeah, her Johnny, her Keith, whatever his name was. And she would say, well, my Johnny does this, and my Johnny wouldn't do that because I've taught him this. And it was, we never met the guy, right? But it was always kind of real creepy, but she chose pictures <laughs> of him. He was way older than us. Sure. But then I remember, this was really, really sad. Her Johnny committed suicide like by, like when I was in eighth grade or something. Oh, man. Yeah, it was like, ugh, it didn't, yeah, it didn't so work. So much pressure. Because behavioral modification, you just live under the, you just live under it. Sure. There's the duct tape parenting style. <laughs> I haven't heard of this one. Yeah, okay. So rather than trying to figure out how to fix their parenting issues, uh, those duct tape parenters, uh, they, they, they kind of cope by patching their problems. Huh. So temporary solutions, you know, is what they're looking for when a crisis comes up, you know, something's wrong in the family or sure. kids, why did he do, why'd she do that? What's he, you know, and they're usually running on empty. They're just too busy, too many things going on, too focused on what's happening. So when they're perfect little, you know, image breaks they duct tape it and they move wow, on they don't really deal with yeah. it you know what i mean so it might come back or it might morph right yeah and uh and that kind of that's kind of a parallel in some ways to the duct tape families are the life support or the 911 parenting huh that's that's what the author calls it 911 parenting yeah, yeah so good. what they do is it's kind of like the duct tape thing when something blows up you just patch it and move on but with the added feature uh, that a particular crisis is dominating their focus all the time. Oh, fascinating. Moving from, there's always something. Yeah, so it could be a little thing with the duct tape thing. It's like, oh, why do they, you know, oh, they use the curse word, or they hit their sister a lot, or she's biting, or yeah. like she doesn't want to do her homework, or who knows? I mean, there's a lot of worse things. The 911 parenting is, it's they're move, they move from crisis to crisis. Yeah. And I know right now, you're, I can see your eyes, you're like thinking, I know, I, I'm not yeah, going to say Yeah, I know who. people. <laughs> yeah, right? I've been people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. But here's the thing, and there's, there's others, and we can keep breaking it down. Sure. Um, check out, Check out grace-based parenting. There's a ton more of that. But ultimately, what we want to have and what we want to get to, uh, and, and we and we actually get to have, is is a grace-based parenting style. Yeah. And so, you know, we talked about, you know, the the judgmental parenting style or the legalistic parenting, and then all those subsets of that just now. Yep. But here's the thing: grace-based parents focus on trusting themselves and their families to God. Hmm. They focus on that. Yeah. And they press into knowing God more and understanding his love deeper and his grace and, and how God views them as parents, as humans. So their kids are the daily recipients of the grace-based relationship that they're experiencing with God themselves. It's beautiful. See the difference? Yeah. Like, so if I want to be like God to my kids and, and image him well, sure. then I need to dig, dig deep into my relationship with him so that grace is flooding me and all my jacked up stuff. Yep. So now my kids are just, they're the recipients of that experience daily overflowing. That's beautiful. Very different, right? Yeah. So the voice to their kids kind of mixes these things up. They're saying to their kids, 
You're a gift from God in his image bearer, and he loves and he accepts you for you. Yep. Just like God's treating them. And they mix it with, now you may struggle with always doing the right thing, but you're forgiven and loved just the same. So you can live a life of gratitude and grace with others too, honey. Yeah, that's beautiful. See those two things? You're a gift from God, and he loves and accepts you for who you are. And even when you screw up, remember you're forgiven and loved, and so you get to live out of gratitude. Yeah. That's the focus. Wow. That's night and day. That's it, right? I mean, (laughs) please, God, I wish I'd have known a whole lot more of this, uh, you know, when my kids were littler, huh? Yeah. So, Heath, which of those... Okay, I'm going to just assume you are the grace-paced parent. Okay, like <laughs> yeah, keep assuming it. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you hearing? Like, where's like the spirit putting a finger on you? Like, yeah, I think the transaction-based parenting is yeah. transactional-based. Yeah, that's another thing we can slip into where everything has to be earned. Yep. Right. That's the one I'm most prone to jump to. Like, well, if you guys will will play together for four hours where we can get laundry done and the house clean, then we're going to take you out for ice cream. And so all you're doing be... is just band-aiding cancer. At that, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because then they're just looking for the next time. Everything has to be earned. Yeah. Oh, well, you didn't do this, so now you can't do that. But um, it's one of those things, too, where then for the rest of your life, you're chasing that, right? Well, then my view of God is maybe if he doesn't feel close to me. So maybe if I prayed more, maybe if I would read more. If maybe, I stop this, then I'll get this from him. Yeah. And maybe if like, I start this, I'll get the raise I want at work. Or whatever, right? Exactly. Rather and then than we pour that back that on our kids. See, that's an icky loop, isn't it? Absolutely. It's crazy. So the transaction one is the one that I'm most prone. We do keep the image. I, if I'm being honest, I feel that pressure of like when we go into social situations and I'm like... Yeah, like especially because right now, and, I, and I've been there for years, but you're yeah. working at a church. Yeah, for sure. I, so your kids I, I, have I, to be on the best behavior, right? Oh my gosh. And my kids are older and, and they're wild and we like that about them and they're adventurous. <laughs> but oftentimes... When we hear crying, it's like, oh, that was so and so. That was one of ours. That was, it. and Here so comes I try to Keith keep... and the kids. They're naked again. <laughs> yeah, make sure they sit well, in the, the kids back are row. naked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I they're just I, going through a phase. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I try to. I, there's there is this, in a sense, this kind of. I, if I'm being honest, I get on my wife sometimes of like, we have got to get our kids under control because they just make us look so bad, or they make us yeah. look. And, and that's part of the, that kind of that, that transactional parenting style bleeds into that too, doesn't it? Absolutely. Because it's like, listen, if you kids will just maintain after church, we're getting ice cream. Yeah. So they can get to So church. now what do they think church is and who God is and this community of, of uh, supposed to be our family yeah. is? These just, are people you just, have to pretend in front of. Yeah. Get and through so the hour God, and a half. Because yeah. God somehow, they say he sees and knows all things, but apparently if we pretend, we get by with it. Yeah. Now, is that not going to bleed into their little hearts and lives forever? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so and see, that's good. the thing, too. The echo, I think, of this is not only, you know, that big thought I was saying is like how we view God and think how he views us directly affects our parenting. Yeah. But how we parent, obviously, directly affects how our kids for the rest of their lives are probably going to end up seeing God. Yep. Absolutely. And what they think that relationship's about. Well, one of the things I feel just called to say right now is, and we've done this before, is just... I mean, if you are listening right now, kicking yourself that <laughs> you screwed up your kid's life and how they're going to view God forever, it's not too late. And, no, and, grace is so big, it actually goes back in time yeah. and repairs things. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask next is that you mentioned Tim Kimmel's book, Grace-Based Parenting, having helped you with some really great thoughts that have been helpful when you look at uh, how your parenting style, you really wish that that was more grace-based. And, and actually, it still changed it. You know what I mean? Huh. It just wasn't, I wish it had started earlier. Yeah, I remember you talking about the four freedoms that he mentioned yeah, in that book. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, gosh, we could do like a whole series on this. But um, So yeah, he, he talks about, and I'm going to share them, that there are four freedoms that we can offer our children. 
And mm. I think freedom is just another way of saying grace. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And we can not only offer it to our kids, but how about we can offer it to each other as, mm. as couple yeah. or just with, as friends, how about as believers? How about we offer this to everybody? I mean, you'll see when I go through the four, you're like, I think everybody needs that. From us. Yeah. Okay. So here's the first freedom, the freedom to be different. Mm. You know, God made all of our kids unique, just like he made us unique and he delights in that. Yeah. If he, if he wanted only one kind of human, he'd have made one kind. So that uniqueness that might bug the heck out of you at times, sure. God actually delights in it. Like, what about getting that in your heart? Mm. So give them the freedom to be different. And, you know, if you're a parent listening to this, uh, you know, I know you got a bunch of kids, so I of more than one kid, you know how amazingly different they can be. Yeah. Tina and I still, even though our kids are raised, we go, did she grow up in the same house as the other two? Or did he, yeah. like, did he miss all those years when we kind of taught that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> They're Isn't just so different, man. Well, I remember, I'm still carrying a lie that when I was a kid, I remember dyeing my hair for the first time when it was popular. What color? It was supposed to be blonde, but it turned my hair red. I looked like, I mean, it was bad. <laughs> it was like an 80s, like really bad. A lot of guys, I did. I had the kind of orangey blonde. But I remember somebody at the church getting on me about like, you're just trying to draw attention to yourself. And now most of, even the way I dress now is like blacks and grays and blues. Like I try not, there was no freedom. Different was seen as the enemy. It's like, you're just self-seeking. Uh-huh. So this is free, man, to be different. There it is, right? Grace gives the freedom to be yourself. I love that. Okay. And that doesn't mean yourself as long as you're perfect. That just means you and your quirks and the way you see the world and your kids and yeah. all that uniqueness, God delights in it. Okay. That's the first freedom. The next one is the freedom to be vulnerable. Hmm. We got to give our kids the freedom to be vulnerable. Our children need to know that they can be open with their emotions, their joy, their pain, their fears. And you know what? And that when they do, that those emotions are safe with us. Hmm. When uh, my wife and I've talked about this a lot and it's kind of this kind of fed into our transactional based parenting was um, we were not, and it was weird how we were both raised this way. Sure. And we've talked a lot about it and we've talked about it with our kids too. We weren't allowed to have emotions hmm. except one happy and not too happy. Settle down, you know, like just settle yeah, sure. down. My grandmother used to say, don't be so rambunctious. That's a <laughs> great word. I'm going to re get the hashtag rambunctious. Yeah. I don't know how to spell it out there, but maybe you do. <laughs> I can't even say um, it. <laughs> isn't it a great word? Just yeah. try it. Go ahead and try. Rambunctious. Yeah. So we weren't allowed to, sh- you know, sad, be sad or cry about something or be angry. Think about this. You ever hear this? Oh my God. Oh, oh, you want to cry? Well, why don't you go to your room Yeah. till you can be done crying? And then you can come out here and be nice with everybody. Yeah. Or I'll give you something to cry about. You know, sure. like, that whole thing. Oh my gosh. I just, I get a little verpy right now. Just thinking about it. Whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And so our kids, we need to give them freedom to be vulnerable. I yep. mean, all, all the emotions that God, that we have mirror God's emotions. Yep. They're a part of his glory. They're a part of what he's like. And, and they're all listed over and over and over in scripture. And I'm not talking about just Jesus. I'm talking about the God of the Old Testament too, the dad, yeah, right? Our absolutely. Dad. And so that means he has given us these emotions as triggers, as, hey, pay attention, as ways of expressing our heart, which is his heart. Sure. That's his desire. So emotions are a gift and a reflection of himself. And so grace makes it safe to be vulnerable. That's so cool. Yeah. And I just, man, we fell down on that. And I, yeah. So the third one, we need to give our kids the freedom to be honest. Hmm. You know, honest with us about their frustrations yep. and their disappointments without fear that they're kind of risking our relationship. Like how many people's kids could come to them and say, I, I didn't like the way you did that. Or the way you talked to me yesterday really hurt me. I was thinking about it. Hmm. Or you were talking to mom that way. Why'd you get so angry? But you know, like, like, yeah. do they have the freedom to be honest 
uh, with their frustrations and disappointments? Or how about their frustrations with their, their friendships? Sure. Or a teacher. Hey, listen to your elders. Like she, do what she says. Yeah. You want to get a grade, don't you? You want a good grade, right? You want to go to college someday? You know, yeah. like they need to be able to be, hey, that sucked. Or so-and-so yeah. spoke that There's bad about you, honey. Yep. It, you, you don't say like, well, sticks and stones. Like, no, it's, they get to be free. They are free to be honest. Yeah. And, and, but we have, to, we have to offer that and we have to give it to them and model them. Model that. So none of us are perfect parents, but are we willing to hear the truth from our children about how they feel? And even if it's about how they feel about us. That's great. And and I'm right now I'm flashing on, you know, when our daughters were teenagers and it's like, they were like, you're ruining our lives. You know, (laughs) you're ruining my life. Everything is perfect, but you dead. I'm like, oh, I'm ruining your life. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to, you know. So, so they, but we have to, they have to free them to be honest. That's how they're feeling, yeah, you know, that, that their emotions are, and they're growing. They're valuable. They're, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then the fourth one is um, we need to give them the freedom to make mistakes. Hmm. And even though there are consequences for the choices they make, our love for them is secure. They need to know that. And it's not determined by their behavior. Yeah. And it won't change. It won't change. Yeah. That's I mean, so good, that's man. probably the one that underlines all the other ones, right? Yeah. Like the freedom to make mistakes. And when they do, they don't sense any new distance between us. Like, oh, you know, yeah. now that we also have the freedom to be honest. Hey, sweetie, when you said that, that hurt me. Sure. But I love you exactly the same. But I just want you to know that kind of hurt. Yeah. It just that kind of, that hurt me. Yeah. That wasn't awesome. But point today, our, we need to give our kids the freedom to make mistakes. Okay. Dude, those are some great grace-based tips. So, yeah. I'm thankful for Tim. Yeah. Thank Tim. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> so what would you say are some steps that we could do to like course correct our parenting if we've been doing things wrong this whole time? Yeah. Well, I'm going to assume no one's doing it all wrong. <laughs> <You> sure. <laughs> Take the high road there. And, you know, but I, I, I know, you know, Tina and I look back over our parenting and we have for years, you know, but when they start getting to that age where you're like, oh my gosh, we don't have many years left. You start to kind of reassess that, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, Here's, here's what I'd say first. And, and I had actually, I had an old mentor in my life. I, listeners who follow the show a lot probably heard me talk about Pastor Johnny. Yep, <laughs> that guy's just such a great guy in my life. But he said, listen, um, seek forgiveness from your kids for stuff. When the spirit taps you, like, hey, that wasn't good. Yeah. Like, what, you know, how that went down yesterday. Like, you showed anger. You yep. parented in anger or you disciplined in anger. There, you know, there needed to be discipline there or, you know, you needed to bring a certain consequence because of the choice they chose. And they were clear on it and all that. He says, you need to seek forgiveness when you know you blew it. Yeah. Like humble yourself and go to your kids. And you know what? That led us to do that at first, like with fear and trepidation and try that. Sure. And I bet you right now, if, if we'd ask my kids, what are some of the best times and most tender times you ever had with dad or mom? Yeah. It's when you came to me with this and asked me to forgive you. Hmm. You know, it's just, it's so, you know why? Cause it's like, now you're giving them the opportunity to show grace. Yeah. It's talking about it's grace-based parenting. Yeah. yeah. It goes both ways. So don't fear, you know, and even if it wasn't just yesterday, but you go, you know, like I've been in a pattern of this and I realize I've been doing this consistently because that's how I was parented. Yeah. Go back and explain it to them. Yep. And, and here's what I'd say. This is, you know, the other thing is be specific about why what you did, you know, or said in your parenting was wrong. Yep. Or why it was sin. Yeah, call it out. Right, call it out. And and here's the big league thing, is if you can say, okay, here's why it was wrong, and here was my unbelief in that situation. I was not believing this to be true about you. Yep. Or I wasn't believing this to be true about myself in the moment, and I, I was trying to make you be God, or you to fix how I felt about me. Sure. Or I wasn't believing this to be true about God. 
like that he's great and he's in control and he's good. So I was like trying to control your choices, honey. Yeah. And I'm not God. And I'm sorry for that. And would you forgive me? So don't just go, hey, when I said that yesterday, I felt really bad. Give, give daddy a hug. You know, sorry. Yeah. It's like, no, seek forgiveness and be specific because then what you're actually doing is discipling their hearts. Sure. And you're pointing and, to a bigger, like you're pointing to the perfect Jesus, right? Because you're going like, exactly. I'm a, I'm a jack up of a dad, but you're, you know, I'm trying to be like Jesus. I'm not. And I failed you. And Jesus wouldn't treat you this way. And so it also secures in them what Jesus Great. looks like. Great. Okay. Good stuff. Wow. Love that guy. Heath, you're a good father, man. You're a good guy and you got a good heart. And I love learning forward with you, even though my kids are a little older than yours. We're on that same journey, and I'm sure everyone has picked up on this. Your parenting never stops, so the things we talked about today still applies with adult kids as well. I'm having this conversation with Heath, and I'm going, this all still applies, and my kids are grown and having their own babies, so there you go. Hope that's encouraging. Now, as always, I want to leave you with the big three takeaways from today's topic, kind of give you the summary don't miss these if nothing else and we always have these printed out available for you so if you're at the gym or driving or whatever we'll give you the big three just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three b-i-g three everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three and we'll give you those so here we go here's the first one know that your children are a gift from god given to you primarily for the purpose of receiving and expressing his grace and character in the world They don't exist to make you look good or to fulfill your dreams. They were created to bear God's image, even though they may physically look like you. Yeah. Okay. Our kids are not there primarily for our glory and joy. They've actually been given to us and within our family to receive and express God's grace in the world. It's beautiful. And that's what you want to parent them towards. That's that's the win. Not like how much money they make because they can't take it with them and all all that stuff. Right. Second thing uh, of the big three. Believe that God loves you, you know, as a parent, the same regardless of how well or poorly you've been parenting so far. So if you're hearing this stuff today and their spirit's tapping some stuff, there's some conviction there. Just believe that you're loved the same. There is no condemnation from God towards you. Hmm. You have his love and grace and he desires that you know him more and live and parent out of your relationship with him. That's great. Okay. And third, Kind of went over this earlier, but this is like a big takeaway. Seek forgiveness from your kids for the poor choices and responses that you've made with them in the past. Mm -hmm. Name the unbelief and the fear behind your actions or words so that your children learn the truth about God and help them understand that he's the perfect parent who's always full of grace and truth, even when you're not. So good, dude. I think that will serve you well. I sure hope so. Let this soak into your heart. Pray about all of it. Use this if your kids are little or if they're in teen years or even if they're fully grown like mine are. doesn't matter. This will help you. And I think you'll see that it will change your relationships and it'll take a lot of the pressure out of it. Give you some encouragement. Give you some confidence in that. All right. Join me next week. We're going to keep diving deep into gospel and how it applies to all of life. Hope you'll join me. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.